University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. These last few weeks with a couple of breaks, we've been talking about the body of Christ and the different parts of the body. And, and Tanya uh, helped us remember how that goes with the old song, you know, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Uh, last week, uh, the sermon didn't lend itself to it, but we could have taught you the Slovak version of that. Ask us about it sometimes. It's a completely different tune. It was fun to learn with the Slovak and the Roma kids. But the idea is that the body is made up of many Parts And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that there are many, many parts, but one body. And we talked about using this image of head, shoulders, knees, and toes. First, we talked about the head and how the head gives us direction uh, and that we need to keep our eyes focused on God and on the mission that we have to build God's kingdom. That eyes help us to see and keep us focused. The ears take in information as we listen both to God and to others around us. Then we talked about shoulders and what it means to do the work of the church. We said, what is the work of the church? And we came up with ideas about that, to be God's love, to meet needs in our world, and to proclaim God's good news, that all of us do the work. It is not just the work of the ministry staff or the pastors or specific volunteers, but that all of us are called to do the work in some way or another because the entire body functions as one. If I go somewhere to be part of feeding or whatever, my feet are part of taking me there, even though they may not be directly involved. My hands are giving the food, but my feet are taking me there. Our whole body is engaged in the work. And in the same way, as a church community, God calls each of us to certain tasks and calls us to be a part of building God's kingdom. But we also talked about, that, amen, exactly. But God talks, uh, we also talked about that there's good news in that and that the work is not ours. The work is not done under our power, but it's God that is working through us. It is God that is enlivening the body and that Jesus' body is doing the work that God has called us to do through God's power. And so today we come to head, shoulders, and knees. And of course, when we talk about knees, we talk about prayer. I want to read for us this morning something that uh, those of you who are in with us in the joint Sunday school session, you've already heard some of the things that we'll talk about this morning, so uh, don't fall asleep. We did talk about things that people do uh, when we all come together uh, and how odd it might look to outsiders to look on the inside and see what it is that we do as a church. Uh, and someone mentioned that someone stands up and talks and everyone else closes their eyes, and I think that might be what happens sometimes during the sermon, but, you know, we're talking about prayer, but it, it might be applicable somewhere else. Um, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to take them out with me or on your mobile device, however you want to read along. We're in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be reading some of Jesus' instructions on prayer and using this as kind of a jumping-off point for our discussion this morning, our sermon. So Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're talking today about prayer, and Jesus offers some challenging words here about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. And I mentioned this morning, if you ever come to the Sermon on the Mount or to any of the teachings of Jesus and don't find something that challenges you, then you need to read it again, because we still haven't gotten it right. 2,000 years later, we're still reading these words of Jesus and still finding challenge and conviction in them. There's something about the simple way that Jesus puts things that cuts right to the core of us and of what prayer is about specifically here. But this is a series about prayer in the body. So I want to mention at first what prayer, what role prayer plays. Now the cute image of head, shoulders, knees and toes and all of that. But one thing that I think prayer is, is the breath of the body. It's the way that we stay alive. Because you can go without water for a few days, you can go without food for a few days, but you can only go without breathing for a couple of minutes and then your body starts to shut down. In the same way, prayer is what keeps us connected to God. It is that breathing in of God's spirit and God's presence and breathing out God's love into the world through intercession, through the different kinds of prayer that we offer. So prayer is an important part of what it means to be the body of Christ, both as we gather together in a space like this, all of us in one room, or as we are in our individual places as Jesus mentions. The body cannot live without prayer, just like your body cannot live without air. But I wanted to focus this morning, there were several different sermons I, could, I was thinking of, different ways of going about this, but the thing that I feel like I need the most is what I'm going to offer us this morning, and it is simply encouragement and challenge to pray, because I confess to you that I do not pray as often as I want to or as I need to. Sometimes I get to a place and spiritually I feel dry and I realize I've been holding my breath. I haven't been praying and offering those things back to God. So just some encouragements this morning and some ways to think about praying. First off, just before we even get into it, I want to say that I, 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 I want to kind of couch this. I want to say there's not a wrong way to pray. Um, okay, there are some wrong ways to pray, yes, but the idea is not that you have to get this certain formula just the right way or you have to pray with a certain image in your mind. There is no one right way to pray. Whenever we turn to God in prayer, God is there. Whether that's a breath, a simple prayer, or whether it is a longer prayer, or whether it's something that's not even spoken or understood. So the first encouragement to you this morning as we talk about prayer is just do it. Now, I couldn't put the Nike symbol up there because it's copyright infringement, but we know that prayer is important because it's commanded so many times in Scripture. We see so many examples of people who are offering 
themselves to God in prayer. And think about it, even Jesus, we see several times throughout the gospel at key times that he goes off by himself to a quiet place to pray. Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, needed to pray to be connected with the Father, then how much more do you and I need to pray to stay connected with God. Jesus did it, and Jesus commanded us to do it. And yet prayer is one of those things that I find, maybe you don't have a problem with this, but I find it so hard to sit down or to, to force myself sometimes to pray. I think it is, uh, it's a fact of busyness, but, it, but it's something that people have dealt with all through the centuries, is finding reminders or ways or times to turn our attention to God. And for me, I think sometimes the hang-up is that I've had this concept taught to me since I was little, that prayer is this certain thing that you do, and you sit down, you bow your head, you close your eyes, you put your hands together, and you have to use certain words and certain patterns, but it's not that way. Like I said a minute ago, anytime we turn our hearts toward God, anytime we are hungry to see something different in the world and realize that we are powerless to change that, that is turning to God and that is prayer. You may have your eyes open, you may have them closed, you may be kneeling, you may be standing, you might be lying on your bed. Prayer is something that we can do anytime, anywhere. And so the first encouragement, the first thing to talk about this morning is just to do it. You do not have to have a training course. You don't have to have a certificate in prayer. Prayer begins when we are hungry for God and want to connect with God. It's like, again, we've stopped breathing for a few seconds and we feel that need to pray. So when you feel that urge, when you think, even think about God or think about the church or think about somebody who's having a hard time, turn your heart to God and offer that thought as a prayer. It's not hard. It's not, it's not linked to certain words or certain ways of doing things. It's just something that we can do, which leads me to the second encouragement, uh, which is to do it anywhere and everywhere. Now, it is good to have a certain time to pray, and this is what Jesus mentioned about going into the inner room of your house, your prayer closet, as people have called it, and talking to God in secret. Uh, maybe you have a certain place that is a prayer place for you and a certain time and place that you pray every day, and that's wonderful. It's like breathing in rhythm, you know, we have a rhythm of, of breathing and whether we're conscious of it or not, we're doing in and out in a rhythm and that's how our rhythm is established in prayer. And Jesus took the regular times to pray also, but prayer does not have to be limited to those times and places. Uh, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, as we were talking about different kinds of prayer during Lent, we talked about Brother Lawrence, who was a monk in the 14th century, I believe, or maybe even earlier than that who found this rhythm of praying without ceasing. And what he did was every task that he went about, he said, I did it as if I were doing it for God and with God alongside me in the room. So as he was washing dishes, he took the menial tasks in the, the monastery that nobody else wanted to do, repairing the cobblestones outside in the sunshine. He would do those things, imagining that God was there with him and carry on a conversation. Prayer was not something that he had to go into the chapel to do. Prayer was not something he had to come into a, a specific room or a place to do. Prayer was something that he did constantly. He did it without ceasing, as Paul asks us to do. So my encouragement to you and my encouragement to myself is wherever you find yourself, turn your thoughts to God and offer a prayer. Again, it can be a spoken prayer, asking God to be with or to bless or to help somebody who's in trouble. It can be an unspoken prayer that is inside our hearts as we just offer that in our minds to God. Maybe you're trying to make some kind of decision and you feel uncertain about what to do. Just ask God for wisdom. Maybe there's a moment of sadness. Take a breath 
and feel God's presence inside of you and ask God for help. Maybe there's a moment of joy that you experience. Take that moment of joy and thank God for it in that moment, in that instant. Don't wait until later. Maybe somebody that's going through a trial and a difficult time, pray with them in that moment. Don't just say, I'll pray for you. Stop and pray with them. This reminder to just do it and to do it anywhere and everywhere, I think for me are the most freeing because it takes prayer out of this little box that I always imagined it as something that I had to do a certain way, time and place and says, prayer can be all of life. Can be everywhere we are, every time. And so, as Paul says, pray without ceasing. I think that's what he meant, just to keep doing it everywhere we are. Encouragement number three, we've already talked about it briefly, but the third thing is just don't worry about what you have to say. It's easy to get caught up in the words that we pray. What if we make a mistake? What if we say the wrong words? Sometimes it's if we think we're making a speech before an audience or something, or we're going to talk with some president or a celebrity, and you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. We have to say things a certain way in order to get it right. But as I said before, with God, there isn't a right way. When we turn to God, it is, that prayer is accepted by God. God is there listening to that prayer in the moment that we turn. Maybe you are not able to pray with the beautiful words that some people use, and that's okay. Jesus mentions in the passage here that just babbling on and on about things, just saying the same thing over and over as if our prayer is some kind of transaction and we're just trying to get the tally high enough to make sure that God will pay attention to it. That's not what prayer is about, Jesus says. It's not about the words. As Jesus said, whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites because they love to pray while standing in the synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. In the Sunday school time this morning, we talk about this word hypocrites, and it comes from Greek drama. It was the actors who put on these masks in order to portray different characters. And a lot of times, it was only one, two, three actors in a play, but they would play multiple roles depending on the mask they had on. Now, the person themselves didn't change. All they changed was their mask. And Jesus says, when you get up in front of people and you're trying to make this beautiful prayer, use the right words. Sometimes as uh, preachers, we're um, guilty of preaching through prayers. If we're talking to God, but really we're trying to get you to come over to our point of view. And, you know, if you don't like what I said, it's, it's not, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to God, you know. I hope you hear the irony in that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but Jesus says, that's like putting on the mask. You're just playing a role for somebody else. Prayer is not about what happens here. Prayer is not about the form of the words. Prayer is not about some specific formula that we have to get right or saying it a certain number of times in order to catch God's attention. Prayer is about transformation. Prayer is about connecting with God and being with God in that moment. Allow it to be that. Don't worry about it being something else. So that's encouragement number three, is not worry about what to say encouragement. Oh, and the other thing about praying, sometimes we don't have words for what we want to say. And Paul in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, uh, says that sometimes he even has prayers that the words, he can't find words for. We don't even know what to ask for. But he says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For when we do not know what we should pray for or how we should pray, the Spirit intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints according to God's will. In Paul's very wordy way, he's saying, when you come to God and you don't know what to say, the Spirit inside of you will pray for you. You may not know what to ask for for somebody, 
but the Spirit knows. So just give that person to God. Maybe imagine them sitting in God's presence or Jesus sitting and talking with that person and just let the Spirit pray through you. Our brothers and sisters in Christ in Slovakia, here's my obligatory Slovakia reference, um, our Roma brothers and sisters, um, who you met, uh, the pastor and his family last week, taught us so much about prayer. And they go into this prayer language sometimes, and it's praying in tongues, and recognize that's not something that we do, but they have this way, and basically when they have run out of words, or when they don't know what to pray, they just start praying in this other language. And for me, I, I was uncomfortable with it at first because it's definitely not something that I grew up with and I don't feel like it's something that I was gifted with. But as I was with them, I started to hum a hymn or a song. And I found that my humming was expressing things to God even though I didn't have the words for it. My humming and my music and my own head, because music is so essential a part of my life. For you, it might just be whispering along. It might be humming something. It, there's, there's ways that we can speak to God without words, and that's the beauty of what prayer can be. Encouragement number four is something that we need to always remember, and that is to be honest with God. Sometimes I think we're afraid to be honest, that we have anger, we have sadness, and I'm not supposed to feel sad, so I'm not going to pray that. God is not that way. Is that if we have to always be happy and joyful or turn everything around in our prayers in order to be faithful. If you only read a few parts of the Bible, you might get that idea. But when you look at the whole Bible from beginning to end, you see people telling God all kinds of things in prayer. Almost every emotion that you have felt, somebody in the Bible has prayed it. Moses was so frustrated with the people of Israel who wouldn't do what God wanted them to do that he came to God and said, these people are stiff-necked and you're stubborn and maybe you ought to just get rid of them. Sometimes God would come to him and say, I'm ready to get rid of these people. And Moses would say, wait, 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 be gracious. But Moses cried out to God in anger and frustration. Elijah, you may remember the story, was running from Queen Jezebel who wanted to kill him. He was in the wilderness and he said, God, it is enough. I am ready to die. All the other prophets are dead. I'm the only one left who's serving you. Just take me on now and I'm done. He was honest with God. The whole book of Job is full of Job's prayers of anguish, not understanding why these things had happened, calling on his own righteousness and saying, my friends are saying that this happened to me because I did something bad and I didn't do anything bad. What is wrong? Job calls out to God. In honesty, the whole book of Psalms, like the Psalms that we read this morning, are filled with prayers of sadness and joy, of anger, of peace, fear, and faith. A father has a son with a demon, and Jesus tells him all things are possible for those who believe. And the man cries out a prayer, I want to believe, help me to believe. He even expressed to Jesus that he didn't believe, but that he wanted to. Even God, God even wants to hear those kind of honest expressions. And Jesus in the night he was betrayed in the garden. You remember what he prayed? Please take this cup from me. He did not want to go through what he was about to suffer. He expressed that to God. And then he came around and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If we only come to God with joy and with happiness, then you're only expressing a small percentage of who you are. Everything that you are, your anger, your frustration, your sadness, your disappointment with others and with God, all of these things are part of who you are. And God invites us to express those things to God so that we can be connected. If you have trouble expressing your emotions to God, just practice. Be honest. Whatever comes into your head, say it. It's okay. God can take it. 
Encouragement number five is to listen. So often we think prayer is just about us saying things to God, expressing things to God, and that's most of what I've talked about this morning, but prayer is also a two-way conversation. What does that mean? That means sometimes when we pray, we sit with the scriptures and we read and we use Lectio Divina, like a, a practice that we have used in here before and that we've used in classes where you read a, a, a passage of scripture and you let it speak to you and you see what God says to you. This morning has been a conversation because we've been singing praise to God and now you're hearing um, scriptures and hopefully some of what God wants to say is coming through me, but at least you've heard the scripture and we know that that is living and active. Prayer is a conversation. It's two-way. It happens both ways. And sometimes people who uh, are mystics, people who spend a lot of time with God, end up doing a lot more listening than they do talking. Uh, a reporter once sat with Mother Teresa and asked her what she does in prayer. And she says, I listen. And the reporter said, well, what is God doing? Thinking maybe she's listening and God is saying this. God's listening. And if you don't understand that, then I can't tell you any more about prayer. Prayer is about us listening to God and being one with God. So that is encouragement number five, to listen, to read your Bible, to, to pay attention to what things God might bring up. Sometimes as you're praying, um, someone might pop into your mind, oh, this person is sick and they're having surgery this week. We need to offer a prayer for them. So that is a prompting from God saying, yes, offer yourself in prayer for this person. Listen as we pray. And the final thing that I want to bring to mind is something also that we talked about in the Sunday school time this morning is that prayer, think of prayer again, not as uh, a specific thing that we have to get just right, that we have to say the right words, that we have to say it a certain number of times, that we have to do it in this certain path, but think more of prayer as aligning ourselves with God. Think of prayer as turning to God and aligning ourselves with God. And Jesus offers the Lord's Prayer, uh, which we use frequently. Now, again, Jesus was not saying only use this prayer because otherwise we'd all be in trouble because we've said other kinds of prayers. But Jesus says this simple prayer tells you what you need to know. But listen, when we, we pray this prayer, it's so easy to just do mindlessly and just to say, Our Father, we're in heaven, I will be your name. You, know, you can do it in different languages. You can do it so many different ways without ever encountering what it says here. The very the very first word of the Lord's Prayer is our, not my, not my Father, but our Father. And what we're coming to God and asking for God in prayer is going to be good for us, but it's also going to be something that's good for all of God's children, because God is not just my Father, God is our Father who art in heaven. So God is first and foremost our Father and is close by us in this close relationship, but also in heaven is this exalted supreme creator being that we can't understand and can't grasp all of those. And we hold both of those in this very first line of the prayer, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And each phrase of the prayer helps us remind ourselves about something that we're supposed to be doing, that it's God's kingdom that we are building, that is God's will that is being done, not ours. So if we are praying for something that is not building God's kingdom, then we're not praying in alignment with God. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't give me tomorrow's bread. Don't give me bread for a whole month so that I can store it in my fridge. Give me what I need for this day. Day. This is aligning ourselves with God and what God wants. And when we pray that way and pray in alignment with God, then we find that our desires begin to change, that our hearts begin to be transformed to do things 
in the way that Jesus showed us and that God wants us to do. So that is encouragement for you this morning. First off, just to pray. To do it every time and everywhere. To think of it not just as words, but also as how we listen and what we receive from God. And also as a way of aligning ourselves with who God is. So I want to invite us in these last few minutes as a time of response to practice what we've learned. So um, you can either be by yourself if you would rather just spend a few moments in silent prayer or if you want to pair up in partners, if you pray uh, better in a group like that, to just spend a few moments praying together as we conclude this time of response. So take, we'll take three or four minutes and I'll let you know when we've got about 30 seconds left. Again, you can pray with the person beside you or you can pray by yourself where you are. Lift yourself to God in prayer wherever you are right now and God is there to hear.